everybody. Welcome to another episode of Everyday Strong with Dr. Michael G. Dan. This is your host, C.B. Baker. We got another great episode for you today. Um, Dr. Daniels, um, the episode we're going to talk about today is positive thinking and the power of the tongue. And, um, you know, through my life, I've always experienced where, like playing football, mm-hmm. I always experienced, hey, you know, if you kind of felt like you wasn't going to win the game, mm-hmm. guess what naturally happened? You wasn't going to win the game. Right. You know, so so welcome to the show, Dr. Daniels, and, and please give us uh, a little bit of insight on what the Bible says and, and type of examples that went on in your life. Uh, sure. And I certainly want to always uh, welcome, you know, those who are listening and those who are, are viewing us. Um, you, you're absolutely right. Um, the the Bible does speak about the power of thought and also the power of the tongue. And, and, and both of them are kind of intertwined. If you think about it, uh, the, the scripture says that uh, so as a man thinketh, you know, um, so is he, you know, what's in his heart is what he what he is. Right. And 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 that's a key thing, uh, because you can fool folk with a lot of things, but what you are is what you are. And and, and what you cannot do is your mind um, will determine what you really believe about yourself and not what others say to you or anything else. So I don't care how much people put you on a pedestal, let's say, if you believe you are not worthy then your self-esteem will not increase just because I tell you you are worthy. Right, right. And so what you think of yourself is vitally important. Uh, the other thing, if you think about the tongue, for example, um, th- there is no more powerful a tool in the human um, arsenal than the tongue. In, in fact, uh, James, uh, the brother of Jesus, um, he said that the tongue is like a fire. And right. he said, uh, for example, uh, he said, uh, a small fire will burn down an entire city. You know, one match will <laughs> destroy an entire city, right. uh, which is true. So is the tongue. Um, you know, the, the tongue is the only instrument that we have that goes against um, all manner of reason. You know, for example, uh, he says that if you have a spring of water, let's say you dig a well, whatever you pull out of that well, it won't contradict itself. Either the water will be good water or the water will be bad water. The tongue isn't like that. (laughs) The tongue will contradict itself. In other words, the tongue will speak things that honor you one minute and things that tear you down the next minute. And so it's a powerful weapon. Yeah. Mm. You know, it's... um it is a powerful weapon, and I've noticed certain things. And I talk to people. I said, "Stop saying that because you basically you're inviting it to be here." Mm-hmm. You know, um, and people talk about all the time. You know, manifesting your destiny. Um, you know, thinking about it, mm-hmm. planning for it, and then also visualizing it. And you know, in prayer, and then also speaking it. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, now. I'm like, you know, you know, I'm not that well versed in the Bible, so to speak. So there is a story about, I, I believe, a, a certain individual that had to walk around the city, mm-hmm. but no mm-hmm. one could speak because they didn't want anybody to speak anything negative about mm-hmm. that. Well, I, I, well, I, the, the, you're speaking of uh, uh, Joshua and, right. and they're encompassing in Jericho. And um, I not necessarily um, so they wouldn't say anything negative. Um, uh, a part of that was intimidation factor. 
for mm-hmm. for for those that were within those walls. Right. That's what a part of it was. But there are loads of instances in the Bible where um, the idea of how you think, how you perceive things indicates, you know, uh, how you are and what you do and those kind of things. And and so, you know, that that's, that's a key concept. And I'll give you a practical example. Um, when I was uh, 15 years old, mm-hmm. okay, and I used to work as a, a busboy at Holiday Inn, and um, one of the ladies was selling um, uh, products, um, uh, uh, Avon products, and I bought a key ring. And my father said to me, why are you buying a key ring? You don't have a car. Right. And I said, I'm buying a key ring because I'm going to get a car. Right. And so for me, in my mind, I already had the car. Right. And that's why I bought the key ring. Right. And now, sure enough, you know, a few months later, you know, I had a car. And, and, and I think for if you think about people who achieve great things, they see themselves in that position before they ever get there. Right. You know, right. and a part of that is what the tongue has let them believe. Because I'll say this, uh, for me, I've never had in, in I've never had individuals tell me what I could not be. Right. You know, I've always had people tell me what I could be and right. tell me, you know, that you were going to do great things. You're going to do this. Now, granted, you know, I'm not an Albert Einstein. I'm, you know, I'm not a billionaire. Um, but but, you know, I, I think I have accomplished a reasonable amount of uh, a goodwill in the community right. Right. You know, right. that I live in. And I think a lot of it is because uh, of of what people have told me I could accomplish when I was at a, you know a young age and I was two three four five years old. Right. I was always told this is guy is smart. This guy is this. This guy is that. Which forces you to live up to what people tell you. Yeah, you know I know um, like for myself, like for like you know, I always go back to playing sports because I was good at playing sports. Mm-hmm. You know, and when when I when playing college ball and even high school ball. I started all the way, you know, from freshman year. I was I was on varsity as a starter, mm-hmm. which was like unheard of. Right. And then as freshman at Oklahoma, I started first office alignment to uh, first freshman office alignment to start. But what was interesting in that is the only time I had the the, the doubt that mm-hmm. I would start was when I was in college. Mm-hmm. You know, because I'm in you know big time Oklahoma, but I was like I was going to play, and the coach said we're not going to redshirt you. So, you know, you do have a chance mm-hmm. to play. So when he gave me that little inkling, I was like, okay, I'm I'm going to play. But the whole time I kept saying, I'm going to play. Or I didn't say I was going to start, I said, I'm going to play. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, talking positive um, things into myself. The interesting thing, uh, Dr. Daniels, was it didn't, I didn't start speaking negative until I got grown. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it was weird when I stepped out of, football mm-hmm. and then started getting into everything like you know you graduate college you know everything now as life starts it's like it's time to you know do you know mm-hmm. live life that's when I started speaking negative things I started noticing things a little bit differently and I always found it was amazing how things can just change overnight just by your how you thinking mm-hmm. and how you speaking things almost into existence well, you know, a part of that, I guess, from a biblical standpoint, we would we would label that as a lack of faith. I mean, that's how you know, we look at it. And, you know, and, and the the obvious um, thing to examine basically is if I, you know, what what is the center of my faith? You know, what mm-hmm. am I believing in? And 
and that is the power of, 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 of what the mind can do for us. You know, you know, when we say positive thinking, uh, we say, well, you know, you are so as a man think if so is he. The question is, what is he thinking? Basically, mm-hmm. you know, for example, if your belief structure is centered on 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 you as being a child of God. Let's say I really believe I'm a child of God. That is a part of my inner core and there's nothing anyone can say or do to make me think differently. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, if I believe I'm a child of God, then so is a man think if so is he. So if I believe that, hey, I have received Christ as my savior and I am God's child. Right. If I believe I'm a child of God, I also believe and think that there is a God. Right. And if I believe and think there is a God, I also believe that God is the creator of all things and that God is all powerful, that God is all knowing, that God exists everywhere at all times. So if, 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 if you take that and put it in a practical sense, so is a man think if so is he. If I believe I am the child of the one that controls everything, then I believe there are no limits to what I can do. Right. And if right. you believe there are no limits to what you can do, then you try to do things as if there are no limits. Right. And if you're trying to do things as if there are no limits, then there are no limits. Right. If you don't believe that, you don't even try. Right. That's right. And that goes right into what well, you know what, what I call and other other people call stretch goals. You mm-hmm. know, you have stretch goals mm-hmm. in your life to be able to stretch yourself, get outside of your comfort zone. But you're absolutely right. If you believe God, if God has got your back to that magnitude that you cannot fail, if you go into something like that where you cannot fail, mm-hmm. then you will try things a little bit different because your mindset is going to be different. Absolutely. And you, I'll take that back to your, your original example. And, and that's a perfect example of what you said earlier. You take Joshua and Jericho. What was Joshua believe? So is a man think if so is he. Right. Here's what Joshua thought was God is in control. Right. <laughs> and I belong to God. And God has given us the city. See, Joshua believed that he was sent by God to take the city. And so in his mind, he was already a conqueror. So that enabled him. Think about this. He's walking around a city that he knows is heavily fortified, that he knows that this is a city where it is known that the inhabitants are great warriors. And you're walking around the base of the city. They're looking down at you. What's to stop them from shooting arrows at you? What's to stop them from pouring hot oil down, hot tar down from the top of that, you know, that that wall and and, and burning you literally alive? So what's to stop them from doing that? If you don't believe that you are invincible... You're not going to walk around those no. walls <laughs> no. in that manner. No. But so, in, in, but Joshua believed he was invincible. He believed that God had a covering on him, and that's what allowed him to do it. And if you think about all the patriarchs in the in, in the Bible, the things that they did were unthinkable. You know, who would think they could go against Pharaoh? And just say to him, let the people go. And he would really do it. Right. When, But you have to believe that you have that authority. You have to believe. If you think about Moses, when, Moses, when God told Moses originally to go and talk to Pharaoh, Moses' first um, uh, words were, well, Lord, how can I do that? Who, who am I? And who are you just telling me to go? Number one. Right. Who's telling me this and who am I to do it? Because I'm not a good speaker. So why should I do that? But God showed Moses and uh, who he was. And then for Moses, he believed in his heart 
that, you know what? God has me. I believe I'm sent by God. That's what my belief system is. And so Moses believed that he was invincible. He could right. go before Pharaoh. He could stand in front of the Red Sea. He could right. stand, you know, stretch out a rod. And that's really what faith is based on. Faith is based on me believing in me and the God that, you know, I, I serve. But if you don't believe you are invincible, it doesn't matter how much you believe in your God. Right. If you don't believe you are invincible because of your God, you still won't do great things. Right. And so, again, it, it is that belief in, in, in who I am and, and knowing that I can do all things. See, the scripture says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthened me. Right. That's about believing in who I am. Right. Correct. You know, I'm going to tell you a funny story. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's, it's no secret that, you know, I got a little small celebrity crush on Sanaa Lathan. <laughs> so, and I, I never, I was talking to this guy, I said, man, I'm going to get me a woman that looks like Sanaa Lathan. Mm-hmm. So I went on the internet, pulled a picture that I put on my phone and put it as my screensaver on my phone, right? Mm-hmm. Two weeks went by and that's when I met my wife that mm-hmm. resembles mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Sanaa Lathan. Now, I have no idea if that was divine intervention or what. But I tell you what, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, prayer does change things. Let me right. say that. Right. It, it does. So it just, I've had multiple things like that happen before. Like I said, I wanted, um, I said I wanted to have a car like the transport. It was the, the um, A8 Audi. And a couple of years later, I was able to get one. Mm-hmm. You know, so when you put your, it's like when you start focusing on things and say, okay, this is what I would like to have. And you start thinking about it. And then speaking it into existence and, and being more positive, the doors start opening up for you to be able to have those certain things as well. Well, absolutely. And and when the scripture says, um, you know, you can speak things into existence. I mean, here's, here's what it, it refers to. There is a correlation between my mouth, my mind and my heart, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and there is that 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 correlation. Uh, like, for example, the Bible says that with the heart, you know, man believeth, you know, and with the mouth is a confirmation of what the heart believes. That's that's how it, it comes across. So uh, the more you say it, the more it becomes reality for you, you know. And so the more you speak it, the more it becomes reality, the more you believe it. And the more you believe something, the more you will act on that belief, right, you know. Right. And so when you act on that belief, then you get the results based on that, that action. And because when you think about it, what is it that inhibits us? You know, what, what is the factor that keeps us from obtaining anything in life? It is our inability to believe that we can acquire it. And if you believe you can get it, what's to stop you? What's the difference between my mind and Albert Einstein's mind. That's right. God created both of those minds. The difference is he believes he could do something and some folk might believe they can't do it. Right. And so if you believe you can do it, then you walk as if you can. And the more you do that, the more you become what you think you can be. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. Like you look at like even kids, they grow into adults mm-hmm. and you could tell how they was raised. If they was raised 
positive or if they was raised negative. Mm-hmm. Like you're not going to be anything. You never amount to nothing. Blah, blah, blah. You, we've right. all heard the, the stories, mm-hmm. right? Then you get the child that, that is told the exact opposite and they're able to go on and, and achieve great things because they had that, you know, if somebody, their parent or somebody around them or maybe mm-hmm. a coach or a teacher told them, hey, you can be great, do great things and be great. And they say, okay, you know what? I can do that. And then they start thinking differently where another child may come from a different environment, you know, mm-hmm. and go on a different path. Now, the question I'm, a- I'm going to ask you is, is, is this like a double-edged sword? So if I say, um, and you know what, Pastor, I'm fat. I need to lose some weight, mm-hmm. right? And if I keep saying I'm fat, you know, then does fat just follow me where I go? Well, here's the key. Um, if you say I need to lose some weight, then you are not affirming that you're going to lose the weight. Right. So the issue isn't whether or not I am fat or I am skinny or whatever. The issue is what am I going to do? Right. So a lot oftentimes we don't even believe we're going to do it. You got to believe you're going to do it because your actions will follow your belief. Simple. Your actions always follow belief. If you believe that I have a gun and it is loaded Mm -hmm. and if you believe I will pull the trigger, you will give me what I ask you for. Right. That's right. Because your actions will follow your belief. If you don't believe I will really kill you, then you kind of laugh it off and say, oh, stop playing. Move on. You move about your business. It's the same thing. Actions always follow belief. And that's why the scripture says that, you know, our faith is the essence of, of, of what, what allows us to prosper. Our faith is the essence of what allows us to get the best that, that God has for us. It is not that God stops dropping out blessings. That, that's not it. It is not that that God is limiting what we can obtain. It is our inability to believe that God has a blessing in store for us. You know, uh, the scripture says this. God knows his thoughts toward each of us. Thoughts right. of good and not of evil for us to get an expected end. Well, the expected end suggests that he already has determined your end. So his right. thoughts are for you to get there, but it say it doesn't say that you will always get there. Right. He said he hasn't expected in for you. So let's say I don't believe that. If I don't believe that, I won't act accordingly. So if I don't believe God has greater things for me, I do nothing. Mm-hmm. If I believe God has greater things for me, I do something. I act on that belief. Right. And so it is true that whatever you believe you are, that's what you will become. If you believe you are nothing, you will become nothing. If you believe you are God's greatest gift to the world, you will become God's greatest gift to the world. But based on your belief, if you believe it because, you know, you can change lives, then you will talk to people. You will change lives. But right. it's, it's based on what you believe inside of you. It's not that God isn't always great for everybody. He is. It's that we don't always believe that we have what it takes to allow God to get the best out of us. And and that really is the only difference. Consider the apostles. Which one of them were great before they met Christ? None of them. You you have, you have, you know, fishermen, you have, you know, very common men, you have tax collectors. You have people that the world never would have thought great of, you know, people that the world thought were uneducated men, things of that nature. But look at what they accomplished. The accomplishments was because they believed they had faith. They saw themselves differently than right. what they originally right. saw themselves as. Yeah. It, seeing yourself differently is, is a, is a major thing. I, I can speak for myself. 
you know, going up and down and, you know, self-esteem and things like that. Even as a motivational speaker, even before I go speak, I don't like nobody around me that can mm-hmm. bring me my self-esteem back down or tell right. me anything negative. Cause it's mm-hmm. very hard to go in front of, in front of a, you know, a hundred mm-hmm. or 200 people and then have a motivational type speech when you just got something negative told to you two or three minutes before. Sure. So right. along those lines, is does the people that we hang with have an effect on that as well? Well, it, well, here's what I would say. Uh, it depends on where your inner faith comes from and where your belief system comes from. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a pastor, for example, uh, most of the people that I hang around with are people who have either low self-esteem, people who are looking to be fixed Right. In, in some manner. Right. And, and and they're not always people that view life from the most positive point of view. My job is to help them view life from the most positive point of view. The issue is where does my self-esteem come from? Well, if it comes from other people, I'm in trouble. Right. Because then you'd be pulled down. Uh, with, pulled every right. day I'm right. getting pulled down. Right. So what I have to realize is that who I am is based on a power greater than me. So therefore, what I am is not what I deliver. It is what God delivers in me. And so God, who I know is the greatest entity uh, in the universe, the, the creator of the universe, it is him that's in me that makes me what I am. So if that being the case, how can I be less if I'm created in God's own image? So how can I be less than great? And if I can't be less than great, no matter what you say to me, it doesn't change what I am. Give you a quick example. There's a commercial that comes on CNN, and it is really an attempt to um, make the president look bad. <laughs> okay, right. here's what the commercial does. It has an apple, mm-hmm. and here's the, what 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 the announcer says is that n- look at the apple. If you look at it from the front, the side, or the back, it's still an apple. No matter how many times people tell you it's a banana, it's right. still an apple. Right. And their point is, I don't care how much someone says it's fake news. It's not because right. it is what it is. The same principle applies. Right. If I know that um, the, that that my strength comes from Christ, but how much you tell me Christ is weak. Doesn't matter because right. I know he is strong. Right. So no matter how much you tell me I am weak, I know I'm strong because of the crisis in me. It's kind of like iron. I don't care how much you tell me that iron does not weigh a lot right. or it's not dense. The evidence tells me it is. So what you say, your words don't change how I feel about iron. Right. And it's the same way about my belief in Christ. See, my belief in me is not based on me. So, of course, you can put me down because that's not where it comes from. My belief in what I can do comes from what Christ is. That's why we say I can do all things through Christ that strengthened me. Right. Because right. I might change, but God never changes. Yes, that is that is very true. Um, and I remember I remember a time when um, I had to start going back in the gym and I had to wait on the bar. You mentioned iron. I made me think of this. And I was like, um, I should be able to lift this. I was, you know, I should be all right. I hadn't worked out in a while. So I lifted it. And then I said, okay, that felt good. So I went on, you know, kept going up in weight. Mm-hmm. And it, the funny thing was, now I hadn't worked out seriously in two years. And I put, it was a doing incline bench press. I put 315 pounds on the bar. I said, I'm not sure I should try this. I said, let me get a guy to spot me real quick. Mm-hmm. So I go to go spot. 
And the guy was like, man, you did that pretty easy because I, I believed I could do it. The ironic thing was when I was playing at Oklahoma, mm-hmm. I couldn't do that mm-hmm. because I didn't believe I could do it. It was like literally once you put the for, once you put forth your your belief system in there, mm-hmm. I'm agreeing to, to, uh, totally with you. And once you believe something, it's almost mm-hmm. like it just moves, you know, it, it about and I make the, the example of the weight that I was pushing mm-hmm. It's like even in business that I do, like when I uh, um, approach with a thousand different obstacles, I just sit back, I stand still. I said, OK, one at a time, I'm going to knock all these out, you right. know, because I believe I'm going to do that. If I believe it's like, oh, you know what? I can't do it. So I just sit still. I or don't do anything. I just let it just happen. It's just amazing how what you're saying, and you're absolutely right. Now, when did you, Pastor, get that belief system in your core that God was with you? Well, I've, I've always um, uh, believed that. I've never had a reason not to believe it. You right. know, not, not to say that I always was what we would classify as saved. Um, but I always understood the power of prayer, you know? And so even when I was um, a heathen and I got in trouble, <laughs> I had sense enough to say, Lord, please get me out of this right now. Uh, and, and, and because I knew that some of the situations I got out of was not based on my own intellect or based on my own, you know, abilities, then what could I attribute it to, but, but God. And so it, there are two things that I had, I believe going for me. One was that, I believed in my own inner ability to make things happen. Uh, but I also believed that, that, that God would deliver me. Now I believe that <clears throat> I also believe that God was a God and still is a God um, that does not necessarily always allow me to win because right. winning is not always to my benefit. If I am wrong, then I should not win because right. if I win when I am wrong, then what God is doing is amening my wrongdoing. Right. So that's not my belief system. And But my belief system is that if I am righteous in what I am doing, that no weapon formed against me can prosper as long as I'm on a righteous pathway. And, and so that part of me took shape, you know, once I committed myself to Christ, you know, uh, and, and so that was, you know, in my twenties, you know, that I began to change right. that, that way of thinking. Right. And so what that did for me was it, it allowed me to challenge myself to step out of my comfort zone, mm-hmm. uh, to do things. Uh, I mean, I've always stepped out of that area to do things that were, I guess, for my own personal benefit, for example. Right. But to do things that would would, uh, have a positive impact on my community and those around me was, you know, based on that that thought that, well, no matter how difficult it may seem, God is going to make this thing happen, you know, for us. Yeah, I think the first... Um, evidence, I guess you would say, of, of that, I don't know if you could call it evidence, was when we you know, built the current church that we're in now, you right. know, we had a congregation in the uh, old edifice of about 100, and we averaged about 100 people per Sunday. That was our average attendance. Um, and certainly um, the income generated from those 100 people um, 
most people would say um, you would be out of your mind to attempt to build a $2 million building, right. you know, with a with hundred people. But anyway, um, so, you know, but we, we, we step out on faith um, and to make that happen. And we pay the mortgage off in about six years. Uh, that we become debt free. Right now, uh, could 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 anyone have envisioned that a uh, hundred or so people uh, could make that happen in that short period of time, where you know people were giving two and three dollars, you know, right. offering? Um, I certainly couldn't. Could, right. could could Bank of America envision it? No, that's why they would not loan us the money. <laughs> <laughs> right, you know. So we went against all the odds. You know, even when the city of Virginia Beach at that time said, "No, we're not going to allow you to build on this site," but but we believe it was a righteous cause, and and so therefore. Even though people were telling us you cannot do it, right? We kept moving as if we could do it, right? And now we could have listened to them and not did it, right? And nothing would have happened, and no one would have blamed us, but just nothing would have happened. So, what what made you keep pushing past all the no's? Because I just believed that God would take every no and make it a yes, and that was the thing. Is that uh, I believe when uh, one bank said no, that God would somehow make it happen. So I never told the architect to stop doing what he was doing. You mm-hmm. know, you, you keep on going. Uh, when the city said that you're going to have to do certain things, they want us to widen the street, for example. They want us to do capital improvements to the street, put up traffic lights and this kind of thing. And uh, I knew we didn't have the money. So right. we just kept pushing, kept doing it. And, 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 uh, and I, again, all I can say is because my, it was a firm belief that it was a righteous cause. And that God would always make a way for us. Right. He stepped it away. And each time, you know, he, he did. Uh, we end up getting, um, I don't know if I've told you this before, but we end up getting a loan from a bank that had no clue about us. Right. The, Brett, Brett, the bank manager told me that he, he came by the church. I wasn't even there. He come out of church one day, leaves a card and says, have your pastor call me. The lady tells me this and I just, nah, I don't want to deal with it. So I just didn't do it. Right. He came again and said, tell your pastor to call me. I need to talk to him. So I call him up. I go in and, uh, I, you know, I bring the plans and I, I explain the concept to him. I give him my proposal. And then he says to me, he said, this is what we do. He said, we have, we meet monthly um, with a board of loan officers and we make decisions about each loan. And he says to me um, that um, the once we make those decisions, that. The only person that can override those decisions is the vice president right. uh, of the bank, um, because the vice president is in charge of all commercial loans. And so I thanked him and I sh- you know, shook his hand. And I'm going to walk out the door. And he says, you never asked me who I was. And I said, well, OK, who are you? <laughs> right. He says, I'm the vice president, <laughs> you know, which he was letting me know. Right. You got the loan because I called you. You didn't call me. Right. He had read about us somehow in, the, in, 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 in one of the inserts in the paper. Right. That we were, you know, trying to do some good in the community. So anyway, he approved the loan. He retires the next week. Wow. So, you know, what am I to believe but God? <laughs> right. That's right. That's right. You know, what was instrumental in that? He approves the loan. And so then we get to the city council and, and, and similar things happen. All of a sudden, all the no's become yays. 
you know, so that that reinforces that belief that it's not us, but it's God. So I'm saying, you know, my belief is not based on what I can do as a human being. It's based on what God can and what always does. And that kind of changes things when you when you look at life. And, and I want to, I'm just, I want to tie it back to something that we've always talked about, which is living every day strong. Right. right. You can't live every day strong if you believe that other people have more going for them than you have going for you. Mm. You cannot do that because right. then you can, you will believe that other people will, can be, uh, will have the ability to overtake you. But see, my belief is the simple is this. You cannot beat me because of the God that I serve. You cannot do that. You cannot. It is impossible for you to beat my God. Right. And so therefore every day I wake up, I know that there's no, no weapon that ever formed against me can prosper. Right. So that's what makes me strong. Not that I have more muscle, not that I have, you know, uh, a more a greater shield uh, physically, but I know that spiritually I cannot be beaten. And since I know that spiritually, that makes me strong every day because I know that every day, hey, something great is going to happen. Every day something great is going to happen. And, 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 and it's because of that inner belief that, 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 that you have, as you just spoke, you just talked about, right. but also it is the power of me speaking it and believing it. And I speak it not just because, you know, some people say, well, speak it and it will materialize. I speak it to myself to reinforce my faith, right? to reinforce my belief, not in me, but in the God that I serve. Right. So what advice do you give someone who is trying to tap into that I would say um, to people that you what you really have to do is you have to come to understand your God not your Bible your God people who explain that I can get real deep with that one okay. explain that one um, there are a lot of people that read the Bible and they read the Bible looking at it from a spiritual standpoint so they don't get to know God because they somehow separate God from the frailties of human beings. So they read the Bible and they see God in a light that does not reflect the relationship that God has with people. Okay. When you understand God, you begin to understand more the attachment he has for that, that, that which he created. Okay. And so when I'm reading the Bible, what I have to understand is what is the character of God that allowed him to take individuals that were imperfect, right? Those that had little to no power, but have them go against forces that were seemingly insurmountable and yet win. Right. What is it about God that will allow him to do that? What is it about God that would allow him to take David, for example, a man who was certainly imperfect, and then allow him to be a man after his own, God's own heart, a man who we know had someone killed so he could have the man's wife, you know, a man who we know was a liar, an adulterer, you know, all those kind of things. Right. What, 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 what is it about God? See, when I understand God, here's what I understand. There is no way God can love me more. No way he can love me more. And there's no way he can love me less. That's the kicker. Most people right. don't get. Right. See, there's something that God can love me less based on what I do. Right. No, 
He didn't love me less, just like with your child. Think about it. You don't love your child less because they're disobedient. Right. And you don't love them more because they are obedient. Your love for them never changes. Right. Your child understands that. And that's why they do what they do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they, yeah. Because they know you're going to feed them. They know you're going to right, do all right. those things regardless. Right. And so they may not expect the world to take care of them, but they expect you to take care of them. And right. so around you, they can be themselves. They, they, when I come in the room, they become shy. They're not as self, their self-esteem is not as high. They don't, you know, do, but around you, oh, they, they, their self-esteem is full force. They'll yell, they'll scream, do all those right. kind of things. When you understand God as your father, you know, in that regard, you appreciate the fact that he will always take care of you. Now, it doesn't mean that, that, that he won't spank you. Mm-hmm. But he will always take care of you. And so my my challenge to people is, is, is to make sure you understand and have a relationship with your God, not just with your Bible. There are folk that can quote the, quote the scripture. Right. But don't know God. Yeah. And that is that is a, that is a huge. Um, that's huge. Because like I, I told you before, how after you talked about how you need to have a relationship with God mm-hmm. and in your prayer that you don't have to, um, well, I think it was the episode of How to Pray. Mm-hmm. And I and I took that advice and like when I started walking more and stuff and I started having those conversations, turn the headphones off and just have mm-hmm. a conversation with God. Things started started evening out for me. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you get you, you get some stuff off your chest, so to speak, you know, right, and then right. you start getting a little calmer. Everything, mm-hmm. you know, blood pressure starts going down, you mm-hmm. know, so I could definitely see the um, the benefits yeah, in, in everything. You know, so I do highly recommend for everybody listening to this podcast that that you take Dr. Daniel's advice because, I mean, just try it. Mm-hmm. And it, it it works. Absolutely. You know, I can't I can't sit there and tell you a moment where it didn't work. You know, it it, it works. Even like you said, when I, even when I got spanked, mm-hmm. I got spanked and, even, and then got taught a lesson. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, you got spanked and this is the reason why. But it's always for your good. Right. It's always for your good. And, and, and that's the key. And so that's why, again, just to reinforce what you just said. Um, that that tongue, that talking, that 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 speaking, because the more you tell yourself, the more you will become what you tell yourself. And so what we have to understand is that the power of the tongue works both ways. Just like it's powerful in telling us how good we are, it is powerful in telling others how bad they are. And so I also have to be careful and not to use my tongue to poison other people because everybody may not have the faith and the strength that we have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, um, like I said, there's no uh, statues for critics. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, why do we have so many critics out there that's willing mm-hmm. to tear down people for no reason other than right. just for either a laugh or whatever? It's like, what point did you mm-hmm. have in doing that? You know, and, and this is a, probably a whole nother subject on 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 hashtag haters. Right. You know, right. so but real quick, though, why do you think people do that? Well, you know, again, I, I think that people use a tongue um, for destruction. Um, because they themselves 
don't feel good about themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the lower one self-esteem is the, the more we are apt to try to tear other people down or bring them down to our level. You, you rarely hear people who feel good about themselves talking bad about other people. Um, and, yeah. and, and, and that, that's, that, and that's, that's the, the, the terrible nature of the tongue. You know, Jesus said, it is not what goes in a man's mouth that defiles him, but what comes out of his mouth, because what comes out of his mouth is what proceeded out of his heart. And so um, basically what he's saying is that what you say to people is what you feel about people. You know, Maya Angelou said, if a person tells you who they are, you know, believe them. Right. It's like it's that the tongue is 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 a tale of who you are. So if your tongue always talks bad about other people, it's a tale of how you really feel about yourself. Mm. You know, if if your tongue always sees the good in other people, it's a tale of how you feel about yourself. Because if if your heart always sees the negative. It doesn't change because it's somebody else. Right. But if your heart always sees the positive, it's the same, same, same thing. Now, you know, you just stepped on some toes just then. Well, um, it wasn't <laughs> intentional. It was just about laying out facts. <laughs> because there's some people out there that literally they just don't see positive or nothing. And you, you've, and we've all met people that mm-hmm. just bitter, mm-hmm. you know, and you be like, why are you being like this? Is there anything that you can say to a person, like pull them off to the side and like, look, do you realize what you're doing or is it best just leave them alone? Yeah, I I don't think that. I think that people who are bitter believe they have a reason to be bitter. I think people who are hurt believe they have a reason to be hurt. Um, uh, Again, all I can say is, is that it all starts from the inside. See, it all starts from how you feel about you and how you value you and your value, if you value you based on your accomplishments, then you may not always feel valuable. If you value you based on how you are valued by the entities that created you, right. then you will feel good, you know, uh, because, you know, for example, con- what if man were artwork? What if man were artwork? Let's mm-hmm. say. Is artwork valuable because it looks good? No. Artwork is valuable based on who created it. Right. Right. Because if you consider the various eras of art and contemporary art, some of the artwork that you look at, you can't believe anyone would pay for it. Right. Like some of the Picasso stuff. Right. Right. But but it's valuable because Picasso created it. Right. That, that's the only reason why it's valuable, because a child could draw some of the stuff that Picasso, Picasso drew. That's right. And it won't be valuable. Right. Now, if value is based on who did the creating. Wow. God created me. Right. I must be extremely valuable because God created me. Now, I'll look at some of Picasso's work and say, that's not worth much. Right. But just because I say it don't mean it ain't worth much. People still paying millions of dollars for that's it. Right. That's what right. I say means nothing. It's the same thing. God created me. So what you see about me doesn't mean a thing. Why? It still doesn't mean I'm not worth a lot because my creator is the one that determines my value. So it's who created me that determines my value right. and not what you think of me. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I and I mentioned uh, Picasso because when me and uh, my wife Sherry went to Paris, you know, I saw the Picasso Museum. It's like, Sherry, we're gonna go see this. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm acting all all like I'm cultured, and I'm in there. I had to pay the money to go to the museum. About so about halfway through, I look at Sherry, but like, uh, I don't like none of this stuff. <laughs> like, how's it? How's he able to sell? Why is this famous? Hey, <laughs> I give you a good example. Um, there's a piece of artwork that no, it's no I don't think it's there now. It's probably his been so it was hanging in a New York art museum. Mm-hmm. It was a white canvas, white canvas. That was all it was. Come on, a white canvas, and it sold for you know forty, fifty thousand dollars. Now, I could put a white canvas up there, right, and or put and paint it white, but that was artwork. And it and and the title the title, I guess, was like you 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 were supposed to let your own imagination tell you what could go there. And then he sold it for fifty thousand uh, dollars. My point is that hey, it based on the art the the creator and right. not based on the creation. And I'm just saying we are all valuable because of who created us, right. not based on what was created. And that's the key. And that's how we all need to look at ourselves, that we are valuable in that regard. Well, you heard it here, people. You got to make sure that you make sure that you understand what's coming out of your mouth and what you're thinking about and make sure everything is positive and in the direction that you want your life to go in and in conjunction and in step with Lord God. Well, thank you, Pastor. Anything else before we close out? No, I'm good. Thank you. It's always great. All right, so I think this I think this episode is going to help out a lot of people. Absolutely. So I, I got a feeling we'll get some good feedback on this. Thank y'all so much. This is your host, CB Baker. Till next time.